Well, I don't know if you know, but we recently have celebrated our 10 year anniversary at Bitch Talk. And we were like, thank, thank you. you. As a present right. to ourselves, we're like, let's see if David wants to hang out and have a happy hour. So that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I always do. Welcome to Bitch Talk. I'm your host, Aaron, here with my co-host, Ange, a.k.a. Captain Party. And over the last 10 years, we've been elevating marginalized voices through interviews and events. Sometimes over a glass of whiskey. But if you're thirsty for more bitches, find us at bitchtalkpodcast.com and follow us on Instagram. A big thank you to 48 Hills and our listeners for voting us Best of the Bay Best Podcast in 2022. And now, on with the show. Cheers, everyone. Cheers. Cheers. (laughs) I ran out of time, but otherwise I was going to make myself a Diggs Delight, but... So I've let you down. What's what's that? Uh It's the drink that you introduced to us. Um, The first time we had you on Zoom in 2020, you said you were um, somewhere in the Caribbean for... Oh, yeah, yeah. And you had... coconut water. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what? I'd never think to mix the two. So... I made it and it's delicious. So now it's I call delicious. it. So now I call it the Diggs Delight. And I guess I never told you that. That's, <laughs> That's great. You know why I thought I told you that? I actually told Rafa the story, and he didn't agree with the sentiment. He didn't. I was like, it hydrates you while you. And he's like, no, yeah. you hydrate afterwards, not. <laughs> so he didn't agree. That's right. You don't really drink like that, though. So you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> we know. <laughs> We know the truth. Well, um, thank you for coming on, David Diggs. I don't even know if we introduced you yet. <laughs> we haven't. Doesn't matter. We've, we we live here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. This is it. This is it. Well, I don't know if you know, but we recently have celebrated our ten year anniversary at Bitch Talk, and we were like, "Thank, thank you. you." As a present right. to ourselves, we're like, "Let's see if David wants to hang out and have a happy hour." So that's. <laughs> I always do. Um, yeah. I'm well, thank you. Down. And and uh, I do want to let the people know the last time we saw you was at South by Southwest. And we yes. have a little bit of a bone to pick. Right, Aaron? With we do. Well, oh. you said let's all go to this club. Oh, right. This is where we're all going <laughs> after the <laughs> premiere party for season two. You know, we're having a good time. And you're like, come out to this club. This is where we're all going. And I'm like, OK. So we power through the busy streets of South by Southwest oh, through this God. line to get into the club. And as soon as we get there, you are leaving. Oh, yeah, that did happen. Well, <laughs> this I mean, is crazy. But this is, you know, so that when I when I told you to meet us at the club uh, that night, right after our premiere, we go back to the hotel to change and Emmy had had flown in. She had missed the premiere and flown in. I was like, oh. really? This is silly that you're coming just for an after party, but whatever. But and that was the t- day she told me we were pregnant actually so like no. <laughs> i was like <laughs> so between between seeing you guys and then that oh, what? leaving the club like was i was in a whole different headspace <laughs> what yeah and then so like when- couldn't tell anybody so like you know so obviously was- yeah it was six weeks or something before we told anybody. So I was just like barely holding it together the, for that whole night. So we went out because we thought it would look weird if we didn't go out. But I was like just trying to be in the room crying, you know. <laughs> oh. Okay. You know what's so funny? My my husband, when I told him that y'all are expecting, he's like, I wonder if it was around South by <laughs> <laughs> Why so, well, maybe. Not, not long before. Uh, did yeah. You, did you know at the premiere party or did you it was in between the premiere I knew, party and I knew the at club. the party I, did, did I didn't know at the I didn't know at the screening so. oh my god okay. yeah. well she was glowing I thought that was just her I mean I think she just glows okay. naturally but she, she was did, definitely did glowing and that was our first time meeting her in person so oh yeah that's so Aww. special you're yeah. forgiven yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, why though you that. had that that grin on your face i'll never forget it we're going up the stairs and you two were coming down <laughs> and we're like oh shit is it worth it you're like just like l- looking at us uh, smiling. Yeah. like, all right we're gonna go but now we know why it, um <laughs> she told me by uh she showed up and so i i like when I'm traveling, like so, oftentimes I'll like keep my jewelry in a in a glasses case, you know, just because it's a thing. Like, and she knew that, and so I run in. I'm, hey, babe, I'm gonna shower right quick so we can go to the little function or whatever. 
I, I go to take a shower and she put like the pregnancy test. It's one of the super clear ones that says pregnant on it in the glasses <laughs> case because she knew I was going to like go get my jewelry at some point. And I like, so I go shower, I come back. I'm like getting dressed. We're talking. I put, I'm like, go to put my jewelry on. I open the thing out and I like pull the test out. And I was like, that's weird. And I just start putting the jewelry on and she's standing <laughs> over in the corner and she's just like, unbelievable. <laughs> I was like, what? Oh no. Oh, <laughs> like, it was so out of context for me that I, I didn't even, I couldn't even see it. Like I could not process what was in front of me. It was just, it was like so far. It was such a surprise. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, Oh, David. Oh, my God. Um, He's good at the surprises. Yes. Well, actually, I mean, we have a lot of questions. They're a little kind of all over the place, but it's stuff that we've wanted to talk to you about. Um, But one of the things is we haven't really talked about. This is the 50th year of hip hop. And I mean, what the hell? And you are a part of that. You're in clipping. And you're (laughs) what? You are. Yeah, I started it 50 years ago. You totally started it. Um, You are the origin of hip hop. No, but but I mean, how, why and how did you get into hip hop exclusively? And and then how did clipping come along? Oh, man. Uh, Well, you know, my, so my parents were both really into music. My mom was a DJ uh, and like my dad is an avid music fan and collector. So like I grew up with this huge record collection and uh, all like sort of 70s funk music um, and jazz and disco and stuff of that era. So and it was a thing that like me and my parents always did together. You know, my my dad had put records on every time. Every time he was like cleaning up the house, he had his like records that he loved to clean to, you know. And so like I I grew up just loving these records, but it was like my older cousins and stuff were the ones playing rap music, you know, and I, this is like, whatever, 80, 86, 89, you know, 89, like that first NWA album came out and it was like, all, you know, and like too short, the early too short stuff, all the stuff I was not going to be allowed to listen to. I, I don't know. My <laughs> parents probably would have let me listen to it, but that it, I didn't want them to hear it. Yeah. You know? Um, <laughs> And so, but it was another, it was a a musical genre that was mine, right? That like didn't have anything to do with my parents and that I, I, I got to be an expert in. And so that's sort of how I got into it. And William Hudson, who is also in Clipping with me, we met in third grade. We were nine years old. We met playing tag in third grade. <laughs> and we both also knew all the words to the Humpty Dance. You know, so this is like big, important bonding moments. Yes. And uh, and really like he's been one of my best friends from then on. And we like we would go to the record store every Tuesday, like all growing up, you know, since probably since we could take the bus by ourselves, you know, so we were 10 years old or 11 years old. We'd be at Amoeba or Rasputin's mm. or probably both. We'd like make our way down Telegraph and Tower Records at the time oh, to get Tower. the singles, the, the CD singles every Tuesday. Um just like getting everything that was interesting and like talking about rap music and reading the liner notes. And that's how, you know, how we sort of learned about everything and kind of developing what my taste was. And like at that time, you know, E-40 and the click and Too Short and uh, Souls of Mischief. Uh, Mm. My first concert that I ever went to by myself was me and Bill, like without parents was a Souls of Mischief concert in ninety four because it was like right before their second album dropped no man's land so it was after 93 till infinity was already out and then um it was right before the other one dropped at maritime hall oh. and uh and bus driver opened i think and safari bra <laughs> this is like <laughs> real like deep hip-hop nerddom but like this is like <laughs> this is you know what i what i was into and then got into all the sort of west coast underground stuff freestyle fellowship all of that stuff and um and then eventually in high school um you know i was like doing poetry slams and stuff i fancied myself a poet my friend jake schreier who's a a director now great i mean a great director. He's, he's directing one of the new Marvel films, but he did a lot of kidding and robot and Frank was his beautiful sort of breakout movie. And he, um, anyway, we've been friends forever and ever. Um, but he actually like had started making beats in his bedroom and was like, Hey, 
I don't really know any actual rappers, but I bet you could do this. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I've been training for this my whole life. I <laughs> and the reality of the situation for me was I wasn't a very good poet. I won a lot of won a lot of poetry slams, you know, um, because I was a, a very good performer. I was funny. Uh, and you could, you know, you could win a lot of votes that way, but I wasn't a good writer really. And I wasn't, I didn't have a, I wasn't a practiced, right. I mean, I would like sort of sit outside with, uh, index cards, um, a few minutes before the slam was supposed to start. And I'd like scribble ideas down that were kind of like, Oh yeah, I'm gonna talk about this and we'll go like, you know, just like notes for my like loose stand up set, basically <laughs> go in there and sort of like. <laughs> halfway rhyme of a thing that like got enough laughs that I could win a thing um win my little bit of prize money to pay for gas or whatever so like that that was kind of my method but um when I started rapping I'm probably like 14 or 15 probably yeah probably 15 when I really started trying to do it in earnest like the musical the the rhythmic constraints were super helpful for me they made things way it sort of opened my creativity in a way that like I didn't have access to before because when you can just write anything you can write anything but when I had to fit it within the structure all of a sudden I was um just way more interested in it and could spend hours and hours, the hours and hours that it takes to get good at anything like sitting down and doing it you know and like listening and I'd already been listening I was already listening anyway so getting to pull all those and try to really figure out how all my favorite rappers did the things that they were doing and stuff and so yeah. And so kind of since then, I I, I just was it, it became pretty clear to me that like my way into creative writing was going to be rap music and that I could extrapolate that to everything else relatively easily. But like I still think of everything like a like a rapper to me, like even when I'm writing scripts right now, it's like it's the same sort of muscle. I have to like hear I have to find the constraint and like hear the musicality of it and find everything else within that um but anyway so clipping sort of started when i was nine with playing tag <laughs> with bill and then him and jonathan were roommates their freshman year of college they were at ucla i was at brown and we were on semesters and they were on quarters so i would get out before them and instead of coming home would go to la and sleep on their floor and that's how we sort of all became friends and we all made music separately for many many years and then when i eventually moved to la in 2010 or 2011 the first time i attempted to move to la uh we were like they had a project where they were doing just sort of noise remixes of rap acapellas like sort of um music concrete and experimental techniques but putting like a ludicrous verse over it or whatever um and i was like this is amazing except you should just have a real uh, like we could make original songs and then we tried that and it was immediately the most exciting thing any of us had ever done <laughs> so we just kept doing it yeah i'm glad you brought up the comedic aspect to you because um i was looking up you know we've talked to you a few times now and i was like i want to talk about something we haven't talked about before so i was looking on your wikipedia page and i found this gem Dangerous called stuff. yoga boner um oh wow if we could just what? talk about this for a second i'm like <laughs> a short film called yoga boner what is this about? And this is from like 2012, I think. And it's still on oh, YouTube, man. FYI. It's out there. Um, and it was very <laughs> enjoyable. And it was so funny. I loved it. And I would love to see you doing more things like this. It's like a spoof, spoof music video. You can guess it's called Yoga Boner. So uh, yeah, can you talk about that video? I, it really brought me great joy today. And I think more people need to see it. That's my dear friend, Andrew Bancroft, uh, who used to wrote me in to do it. We also, he, we had another one we did together. <laughs> yes, a couple the, of them, right? the rock hard, the rise and fall of Oh no, that was, a, that was, oh, okay. that was literally just like an indie <laughs> short film that I okay. auditioned for. <laughs> yeah, okay. like, whenever that was. But no, uh, check out Andrew Bancroft. He used to go by Jelly Donut. He was a big, he oh. was a staple at Tourette's, at Tourette's Without Regrets, that old oh, yeah. thing, right? Mm -hmm. And so like, he was one of the freestylers. They would get up dressed like a Jelly Donut and just demolish people. I mean, he's, <laughs> he's so good. Um, and he's part of Freestyle Love Supreme now, actually, oh. because everything mm -hmm. comes full circle. But we, uh, but yeah, we met way, way back when, when he was doing Tourette's stuff. And like, part of the reason I ever was eventually in Hamilton was because like, um, there was a sister, Anthony Veneziali, 
who was one of the founders of Freestyle Love Supreme was living in San Francisco and he started like a sister group to Freestyle Love Supreme called The Freeze. And me and Andrew both uh, through happenstance ended up being part of that. And he would rope me into doing these like comedy rap <laughs> videos of his uh, that are super, I mean, he's incredibly talented. Um, and I, I, all that writing is his, I think. So like, yeah, I can't really take any credit for it. I'm just a, I'm just a, an actor. Uh, but he would, yeah, I mean, he also directed those things and like designed them and like they're really pretty impressive videos. Oh yeah, there was a, it was a, 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 a in the election, it was like a political video we did called McCain Be Old. <laughs> Check that one out yes. if you're feeling nostalgic about, about way, way oh, simpler wow. times. Simpler simpler to, exactly. Oh, we miss McCain. That was That's like true. the biggest complaint about him. Oh, yes, of course. Right. Right. Yeah. Oh, let's not get into that. Let's try to stay joyful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I do want to talk about Ange wasn't there. It really makes me sad. And you weren't there either. The season two um, blind spotting premiere in Oakland. At the Grand Lake. I know. At the Grand was, Lake. Yeah. I was like shooting a bunch of movies back to back. And I just managed to like have the day off in L.A., but not the day off in Oakland. And I was like, is there any way we could switch those? <laughs> Uh, and there wasn't, I was yeah. like up in Vancouver shooting, but, um, man. Yeah. I mean, it was a good time. A, yeah. It was, had. it was a good time. And I finally, well, I gave a mo your mom a hug. I love her. Yeah. I know that she's so great, but I finally got to actually sit and talk with your dad a little bit. Dantas. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he is amazing. He is slick. And man, he's he's wonderful, David. So, yeah. you know, you weren't even missed, really. That's what I'm trying to yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the parents no, but, are the devil. I mean, your dad is is something. But it, I mean, how excited are they to be grandparents? Oh, man. They're, yeah, through the roof. We actually just had a little, like, baby shower. Uh, yes, Sunday, um, a couple of days ago. And yeah, so they came down here and. Yeah, so many friends here and it was it was really the whole process has been like beautiful and super overwhelming. I've been Emmy is incredible and I am like a mess. I am like anxiety ridden all the time, like literally making myself sit checking in the house. <laughs> like it's been rough, man. Oh. Um but uh, it'll it'll be worth it when he, when he's here. Well, are um, you uh, are you are you are you leaning on your parents for a little advice or are they kind of oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, all the time. But um, you know, I this my mom, um I sort of expect I was a little worried for when we finally told them, you know, my mom's she's a Jewish mom and she's like never been one to like hold back advice. And you know, <laughs> like I you can't really tell you can't like tell a woman how to, what she's supposed to do with her pregnancy or like how she's supposed to raise a kid. You know, it's a very like personal thing. I was like pretty nervous that my mom was going to like come down on Emmy with all of these like do's and don'ts. And we told, we were overseas somewhere when we finally like zoomed everybody. We had to like zoom people. So we couldn't get everyone together all at one time. So we like FaceTimed and zoomed everybody separately. And when we talked to my mom, you know, she like started crying, of course. And then she was like, um, she said, Emmy, it, everybody in the world is going to give you advice. Don't listen to anybody. Just listen to the baby. They're going to tell you everything you need to do. And that's the only advice she's given. <laughs> and I was oh. just like, oh, mom for the win. So yeah, it's, they've been amazing though. And I, I call her most days. And talk to my dad and be like, you know, how, how do you not implode uh, with worry over this during this time? But um, so, yeah, it's been crazy, but it's been really beautiful. And like, I have really great friends, man, and a really supportive community and incredible. We both have incredible families and like my brother's been awesome. Just everybody. It's yeah, it's it's wild. It's it's pretty it's pretty overwhelming um, mm -hmm. to have this much like to be receiving this much love and care and concern it's a lot well the only advice i'll give you is the name angela is beautiful it's you know, <laughs> um, it rolls we'll off the we'll top add it to the list we'll angela gigs yeah. i don't know sounds good yeah it's not bad <laughs> 
Well, um, yeah, I did miss that um, season two party, but I did want to, we, we just wanted to thank you also for blind spotting for, mm. for us, for our own selfish reasons, the whole oh, life of it from the movie was the first time we interviewed uh, you and Rafa and then the series yep. and it's behind you, which is yeah. topical, the posters, but um, yeah. we almost had everyone on our show. We've almost had yeah. everyone from the cast on our show. And um, it was kind of a pivotal moment for bitch talk too. So we feel like we're connected to blind spotting, even though we didn't work on it. So, <laughs> Oh no, but you did like, I mean, honestly, like the biggest work, the hardest work, the thing that was hardest for anybody to do is get people's eyes on it, honestly. And you guys were, su- you guys were such huge supporters of it. So really thank you the whole, all, yeah, the whole time and on into the tv show times and like it really was um the whole journey is unreal like like there's it's so many things like that are pretty improbable that they happen at all um and the especially like knowing what we know now about the industry like that any of this Mm. stuff happened is, is pretty crazy um but it really um only survived because like people rode so hard for it even the like even though it didn't do the kind of numbers like as a film or as a tv show that like could make it a smart investment right like it was still the the folks who loved it were so vocal about it and um which is the the only reason we got to keep doing things i think really like so we are very very grateful to you and everyone else who who really championed the show because not only did you like help employ us and and hundreds of people literally like 250 people a season making tv is wild so that's amazing but also like you know myself and rafa like learn by doing these things you know like your artists have to make art and you don't and like it is so difficult to get to make something from the ground up like that where you really learn every part of it um a lot of people don't really get to do it until they're much more established than we were or are. And so the fact that we've gotten to have this experience and know what it takes to make a TV show and like do all of these things is really, it's, it's so, so valuable. And like, it's um, yeah, I can't, the, the amount that I, I grew as an artist just working on that and the amount of stuff that I learned every single day on that set is, is, is crazy. So, you know, I, I feel very, very fortunate for all of the life that it has. And if it continues to have more somewhere else, that would be awesome. And if, it, if it don't, it also was like, <laughs> you know, I mean, it was so improbable. <laughs> mm-hmm. So like, you know, we really did that. And like the Bay really did that. Like, you know, like they really put on for, for us and, and um, really, I hope saw, saw themselves reflected back in a way that was, you know, positive and exciting and fun fun most of all fun. I hope I hope mostly fun <laughs> so much fun and so many stories to tell um I, was, I had a little question on here also about blind spotting I mean depending on what happens in the future because we never know mm. but what do you want the legacy of blind spotting to be I don't know I mean I hope that artists and creators up there are like oh well if those two idiots can do it then hey you know, that's what I hope we didn't have any of that, you know, that I didn't know anybody who wrote a TV show growing up. And so like, and the way y'all know, like the way we do things in the Bay is so disconnected from commerce at large. Right. And so, and and we managed to support each other locally in a way that is really beautiful, but also like makes it almost impossible to scale up because you have no idea what it's like outside of there. And so you know, I, I hope it, it it just encourages other people to like keep going down the rabbit hole and being like, oh, you know, eventually, eventually, like maybe we do get to stay in the Bay and make these shows. But still for right now, like you're going to have to venture outside and you're going to have to go like find supporters elsewhere and you're going to have to um, figure out what that means to like try and let everybody into this very specific world and worldview that we have there mm. and that... Um, and then people just don't get at first. And so, and, and certainly like people don't operate in the same ethos. And so like, I don't know, you know, so we're all hustlers. It's like, everyone's very adaptable, but like, I hope that any, any 
especially young people from there who see one of the iterations of this thing. And if they are creative can be like, Oh, well that looks like us and sounds like us. And it, at least for some amount of time was on a platform outside of just this, this bubble that we create for ourselves. So I I could probably figure out how to do that too. You described that so well, it totally does feel like doing any sort of creativity in the Bay. It's like, it feels like a fringe, like we're on the fringe, even though we're such a major city and it just, wonder if that's because our cities just aren't as accommodating for creatives to create and exist. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, there's not an industry for it there. And so, and it's a really expensive group of cities, right? So Mm -hmm. like LA is also pretty expensive, but there is an, it in, in the major export of LA is, is television and film, right? So there is an industry and, and music to some degree too. So there are these industries here for those kinds of creatives where like peripherally you can be involved in it, even if you're not right. Like musicians come down here to, to be musicians and end up working in film score and end up working, you know, like Mm -hmm. there are all of these because there's a whole industry, but like, I don't really have that up there. Um, and so you end up with a bunch of people who know how to do it all themselves. Um, but also like no way of getting it out to the, to the masses at large and like also not a real way available to like make a living doing it. And you really have to make a living in the Bay, you know, it's also like Mm -hmm. not, it doesn't, (laughs) doesn't come with some of the benefits of some of the other places without these industries where like the cost of living is really low. Um, that would that would change things great. So one of those things got to change. Either you got to be able to make money as a creative or you got to be able to not need to make as much money. <laughs> but I don't think, I don't think either of those is changing soon in the Bay. But, uh, no. Probably the first one before the second one, you know? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, Speaking of hustling though, um, it's something I, I mentioned when I messaged you um, that we talked about clipping, but you, I mean, you're going through, at least you went through uh, one, if not two strikes. And going actively going through a strike right now. But uh, but you were able to tour with your band overseas. Mm -hmm. How was your summer vacay in Europe? (laughs) I mean, (laughs) while you're working, while you're working, I'm I'm putting that out there. (laughs) Yeah, well, no, we really like figured out for me what like touring in your 40s should be like. You know, we did these like short. (laughs) We did these very short, you know, we were out for like six or seven days, did six or seven shows, not heat massive, you know, almost no flights, like mostly just driving, you know, um, our tour manager drove us around like we, you know, so we, yeah, mostly like short travel days, which meant like we could probably stay in the hotel until checkout time. And like, you know, we had, we each had our own hotel room, like things like grown up touring. <laughs> it's just different than we used to do it. You know, uh, it used to be, used to be we'd go out and play like you know 40 shows in 42 days and Oof. like you know all three of us be crammed into one hotel room and like be you know eight hours or nine hour drives or flights or whatever on either side of every show and i just can't do it anymore so this this was really nice um and the shows were great man the, um we played a bunch of festivals in france that were super fun um and then came home for a few weeks and then went back and did, you know, some mostly club dates around Germany um, and like one festival maybe. Um, And it was a great mix of venues too. And like some like big festivals where, you know, we're playing for 30,000 people and maybe like 15 of them know who we are. And then like, uh, (laughs) and then 15 people, not 15,000. And then, uh, (laughs) and then we'd play these, you know, sort of sold out like 500 person clubs or whatever that were great. And then, you know, we went back to Hafenklang. We haven't played in Frankfurt, this place we used to play uh, every time we came over there, this like sort of historic spot over there. And it was, it, it was just the same. It was such a wild show. It's tiny, tiny. It's like, I don't know how many people they squeezed in there more than are allowed in there, but uh, the, the place is really small. The stage is, you know, raised like, maybe 12 inches higher than the floor and like the wow. ceiling is too low so you can't do anything and we're, <laughs> we're we're there sound checking and this dude comes up who i don't think even worked for the club i think he had just asked if he could run lights for our show oh. and he was like 
And he was like, hey, I made all these lights, these like particular strobes, like in my basement. And I don't bring them out for anybody, but I really want to use them for your show. Is that okay? And we were like, yeah, man, do you, you know? And so like, (laughs) and that show started and I swear to God, like the place filled up with so much smoke and the strobe star, I I thought I was going to pass out. It was the most aggressive, it was maybe the most aggressive clipping show we've ever played. And that's saying a lot. It was like, (laughs) it was so insane. And half of the strobes were pointed at me, which I don't think is useful. But it was uh, really intense. It's yeah, just super fun. And yeah, we hadn't gotten to go play in Europe for a a while. Well, we play there more than we play here. We sort of vowed we wouldn't really tour here until we get this next album out, which Mm. is done. It's, I mean, it's in the mixing phase. It's going to get, it's, I'm I'm done recording vocals, so that's cool. <laughs> that part that part's done. <laughs> you know, my I, you did great, man. Did, yeah, <laughs> good job. There's a there's a little ways to go on other stuff, but um, but yeah, so we won't really tour in the states until that's out. But we might play some some club dates or or like festivals or something to sort of tie people over because we're trying to do things smarter this time have like a real rollout and like a tour actually set mm-hmm. up before the record mm-hmm. comes out so you like we've never done the things that bands do <laughs> you know <laughs> so we're gonna try it on this one because the new the album's really good we're happy with it so and we're and i'm i'm sitting down for a while you know like this kid's coming mm-hmm. so i'm not really yes. trying to leave for a while anyway um so it's a good time to like mm-hmm. try to get all the ducks in a row whatever nice. the thing. Yeah, I was going to ask uh, which European crowd gives mm. you the most energy because I was recently in Germany and I was surprised at all the live music that was happening everywhere, like real small yeah. places, but uh, the whole range of music too. Like, uh, you know, there were MCs like battling yeah. and, and like, yeah. so I was really impressed with the music scene in Germany. Oh, yeah. I mean, incredible music scene. I, 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 I sometimes feel like they're a less dancey crowd than other places at least for rap shows. Like, oh my God, it's funny that you say that because my friend said that Germans dancing looks like they're in aerobics class. She makes fun of (laughs) me. She's German. And she was like, she's like, I'm so sorry about my people when we dance. You know, I think maybe that's why they don't That's maybe that's it. This is coming from a German person that told me this. I don't know. That's really funny. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I will like, so each country sort of has a different vibe. Um... You know, in France, like we've played in France a lot, but the legally they have to put pretty restrictive limiters on the clubs inside. So like mm-hmm. on, on indoor concerts. Um, and so like the music's just never loud enough in France, really, basically, oh. is like my, <laughs> my feeling of it. So those shows <laughs> tend to feel like a little more subdued. They're still fun and the audiences have always been great. But like, yeah, I'm always just a little bit like, no, oh, should this doesn't really feel should be louder. Uh, and uh, <laughs> the German crowds are always wild. Um, crowds at the, I mean, we've played I, like four times in London in the last year. Every show has been sold out and like <laughs> crazy, crazy crowds, which I don't, I don't know when that happened. So <laughs> I don't think we used to be very popular there, but um, <laughs> maybe we just had needed to stay away for a long time. Um, and so yeah, but those shows have been really probably like the most energetic, I would say, just because apparently our fan base there is really, really trying to come to shows. But yeah, those have all been great, great crowds. <laughs> we played um, we played a festival. This is like one of the first festivals we ever played in like in Poland, in Katowice, Poland. Mm. And like Sub Pop had a stage there. So they were like putting a bunch of acts through. And we this is maybe 24. 15 or something like we didn't know anybody anywhere we didn't think and like the great thing about festivals right is like if anybody knows you like they'll get everybody else to come like the show looks like it's a good time people are just walking by they'll come by but like we started playing and there were like i don't know it ended up being a crowd of like probably fifteen thousand people but like who were turned like like (laughs) like crazy lit about it but there were probably a solid like 500 people in the front who actually knew what we were doing, which was shocking because I don't we had barely like toured at all. And that that is still one of the craziest shows we've ever played. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> a lot of crazy shows. 
<laughs> but yeah, that crowd, Poland, Poland, and we played another show in Poland pretty recently, and it got it got wild too. So yeah, wow, Polish crowds get down. Yeah, hey, Poland, weren't we high on the Poland podcast comedy podcast yes. list? Somehow we were like very, we rated very high in Poland. So we should go over there. They have fine taste, those people. Yeah, fine yeah taste. they do. They do. <laughs> I I have yeah. to ask you, uh, will you be taking the baby to Oakland often to get some Oakland flavor? Because I'm saying this because Ange and I finally, we hadn't been to Oakland for a minute. I don't know why. We were there last yeah. Friday and we looked at each other and I, Ange, you have to say what you, you said out loud to me. But I was like, I miss the East Bay so hard. San Francisco, yeah. I love San Francisco, but I no. really miss the East Bay and I miss Oakland specifically. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll be coming up there all the time. I thought you the were going to offer us as babysitters. Oh, absolutely. No, 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 no. <laughs> I mean, Ange, Ange is a baby whisperer. I'm a baby out loud. She yes. is. Yeah. Yes. Oh. She's for really the right feet. Babies. Yes. All right. well well we haven't another thing that we haven't touched on in all of our interviews with you is you have been nominated for and won a lot of accolades (laughs) through the years but you know you've been to the grammys the tonys the emmys Uh, like can you give us some background stories on these events like are they real boring what happens in between like commercial breaks like which ones are the most fun uh there i'm i'm like the wrong person to ask they're all i i hate them generally (laughs) but um, i figure yeah i really like dressing up really like wearing a fancy suit per se but like once those pictures are dead i'm like pretty ready to go um (laughs) but yeah a couple of them are super fun the like more independent ones are really fun like the indie spirit awards are yes that's the one that's our favorite yes yes that one's good. It's long as shit, man. It is so long. Uh, so strap in and start start drinking. But it, it um, <laughs> but it's but it's vibey. You know, people hang out. And the Gotham Awards too are another one. The, mm. Like sort of the New York version of the Indie Spirit Awards. Like that mm. one's also a good time. People really have a good time. Um, I don't know. Yeah, the Tonys. I guess I've never been to the Tonys just to like spec. spec you know, I was like performing in it the only time I went, and so like. It was a lot, so I, I can't really speak on that one. And I've never been to the Grammys. Like we were also the like when I won my Grammy, we were perform. We were in New York, so we did our performance like from our stage. So I've never been to the Grammys either. The, the Emmys, and I've I've also been at weird years. Like I was at the COVID Emmys. Well, not the like the first back from COVID, which was a crazy nightmare because they wouldn't let because the, the restrictions were still pretty high and they wouldn't let anybody's publicist in which just meant that the red carpet was a fucking shit show, shit show. I, oh man it was bedlam out there like people because <laughs> you're wearing these clothes you, like you have to the only thing you have to do at an award show is get your fucking picture taken in these clothes because these clothes are not yours and they cost more than you and so like the <laughs> only like literally that carpet is the only thing you have to do um, and like, because the publicists weren't there to keep order, like it was just, <laughs> just people <laughs> the way. Oh. none of the photographers knew who anybody was. So like, right. they, you know, like it was just like, it was crazy. Everything was so late. and so slow. So yeah, that was whack. I've <laughs> <laughs> uh, like presented at a bunch of award shows and that's, that's fun. As long as you're presenting up towards the front, because like, you know, I have to be, sober enough to read the teleprompter <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> and then uh, so, but once I get those duties out of the way I can either hang out or leave um which is also fun so, so it's cool I like saying yes to presenting because I can go and I can sort of like present my thing I can get a lay of the land if the food's really good I'll stay for the food if it feels mm. like it's gonna be whack I'll just bounce yeah so it's so <laughs> a good way to do it mm. uh, um and like going with squad to anything that's what i have found me and rafa talk about this all the time like any sort of hollywood event or industry event like these are work parties and so um and they really do that is what like if you if you work in an office you know what these things feel like like you know it's the holiday party for whatever office you work in except there's a whole season of them you have to go like imagine doing that over and over again like every other weekend or every weekend for a couple of months uh 
and they're so like there's a lot whack about them unless you are like there <laughs> with people you really like or if you just love a part you know some people really like turn on in those situations and that's i i love being next to those people because mm. maybe they'll drag me with them but like i'm not i'm not <laughs> one of those it's work yeah. you're doing work it's part of the job it's not like yeah 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 and you gotta like schmooze and like be interesting you know like <laughs> mm, yeah no that's too hard it's a lot. it is yeah. too hard yeah, <laughs> yeah i don't know and like pretend like you've seen anybody else's anything you know <laughs> like that's the, like, uh, as if i'm not just watching colombo reruns every night you know like i don't like is that what I you're is that what you're doing <laughs> Colombo, yeah like I whatever don't, brings I don't you watch. peace really yeah, oh, I, I was going to well, I was going to say, I don't I won't I won't dwell on it, but I don't know if you used to watch Moonlighting as a kid, but it's back on Hulu. Did you ever watch Moonlighting? Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, the pilot's hard. It's real hard. It took <laughs> yeah, uh, my yeah, husband I and imagine. I. It was an hour and 23 minutes and it took us three, <laughs> three times to watch the whole thing. Like it was rough. They had a lot of time in the 80s to tell stories, apparently. Oh. I kind of <laughs> love it. I, I sort of love a thing that takes you multiple nights to get through, you know, because you just <laughs> keep passing out. Like, oh, yeah. That's my favorite yes, kind of TV. Like, <laughs> but there is actually a pretty good drinking game that could go along with Moonlighting. I won't talk about it now. But uh, if you if you need something to watch while you're nesting right now, Moonlighting's back. I always do. Oh, that's great. Yeah, <laughs> Moonlighting. Yeah, Bruce That's Willis amazing. with a full head of hair. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh my it's God. so good. It's cute. Um, wow. I did want to ask, because you keep talking about all your friends that you're still friends with, all of your creative relationships. How mm -hmm. do you keep them together, David? I mean, I don't know. We just, like, keep hanging out. I, 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 yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I think uh, lucky to have grown up with people who are like we um whatever we didn't we know each other pretty well and like there's a lot of grace there and there's a lot of like sort of understanding about when each other's lives like go through different moments or whatever you know because like the the hardest thing about i think sort of creative relationships with friends is like when the work stuff <clears throat> starts piling up for one person or not moving for another person or something and like you can get can start to feel like oh well this person doesn't really want to work with me anymore because like they don't ever call me back and but like most <laughs> of the folks I work with like know that that's you know we've all been through those phases enough at this point to sort of be like well that's just there in a moment right now and we'll figure out how to work again after that moment but yeah it's just a lot of we don't have to work together you know, we get to work together. So like, it, it's cool. We could always just be friends and that would be amazing. Um, and we are most of the time, you know, and then um, sometimes we get to make things together and that's real cool. So I, I think as long as the priorities are in the right place and um, making sure everybody feels like respected and heard and like the, this industry will prioritize a person in a conversation real quick right it's like real quick to set a, a value to a certain person so like this project only means something if this one of us is the writer or if this one of us is going to star in it or if this you know regardless of how the actual work is divided up and so th that's that can also be a hard part is like sometimes you need to just have be just be ready to have those conversations about like look here here's the feedback that we're getting about how we get to actually make this thing we're always very clear on what the roles are on the inside right mm -hmm. is it worth it to not necessarily for one of us to maybe not have all of their work as respected on the outside as like maybe not have the amount of attention you get for the thing be commiserate to what the work you actually put in you know um, so those, those conversations have to happen uh, up front, um, and sort of figure it out. And then if it's not okay, then you, you go in and negotiate or fight for the thing that makes it okay. Right. And you just won't, and you just won't make it if it doesn't come down that way. Right. It's like, mm -hmm. well, this is what we've decided is makes us willing to do it. And so let's go try to get that deal done. And if we can't, then we got other ideas. We don't have to do this thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so that's really it, it, it. Like, 
ultimately I think it's easy, it's easy to talk about in hindsight because like at the end of it, it's always, it doesn't seem like it was such a big deal, but like those moments at the beginning can be pretty fraught sometimes just like how it sucks because like, because someone, some entity is giving you like a large amount of money, not giving you is like spending a large amount of money and hoping for a return on that. And like their idea of the return is not connected to the creative at all. Mm. Right. It's just about, how they can market names attached to things they haven't yep. seen any yep. creative or they have but they're not gonna you haven't written it yet you haven't shot it yet so they don't know what it is either you know so it's just weird gambling that everyone's doing um mm -hmm. with everyone else's money and so it is weird to like put your art and your friendships up against that sort of because they're assigning value to name and to notoriety that like is not is is deeply not valuable in the creative process right it's like mm -hmm. it does it makes no difference how famous you are to whether or not you can write this script or act in this thing or work on this team successfully like it doesn't yeah you, know, you know navigating those things can be frustrating but ultimately i think if you just do it at the beginning and then once you're working you're just working you know um or you're not working which is lightweight better than working <laughs> <laughs> where was this advice 10 years ago huh Aaron? i know starting Jesus. bitch talk <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 people dividing and conquering all the time mm -hmm. yeah. yeah well and it's just things you don't think about down the line you just think you're starting something for funsies and then yeah. it's like oh wait this is some serious fucking work 10 years yeah. later yeah. like yeah and it's like oh that's what we should have done 10 years ago yeah you know? yeah, yeah. yeah yeah we want to let you just have fun no, they do not. Right. I mean, speaking of fun, you've been doing so much voiceover work that um, is kind of our dream. I mean, is it as fun as it seems? Because you could just wear whatever you want. There's no hair and makeup, especially with the baby coming. Is this kind of your jam for the moment? It's the best. It's the best. You bring it all on. If anyone's listening, I'm open for business. More voice work. I, you know, I do a lot of it and it is. Yeah, it's great. It's fast. Um it's uh yeah and it's all I always say it's like rehearsal with no performance and like my favorite part of like being a theater actor is always the rehearsal like I could actually because you get to just sort of try anything that you want um and there's not the same pressure on it that there I, I keep trying to make myself be able to feel to enjoy film work as much as I enjoy voice work because I think I'm a I'm actually a lot more creative in the voice space whether they end up using any of that or not but like i because it's so cheap and so easy to just hit record again you know like i don't feel like i'm wasting people's millions by asking for another take or by just like do, trying a thing that's definitely not going to work but if you didn't know if you didn't try it you know so yeah and, and it's such a fast process so i i yeah I, it's it is super fun and really really creative and ultimately you know, you leave it up to the editors and kind of the more things you give them, the better. Mm -hmm. um, and so <clears throat> it's, yeah. So I, I really enjoy that stuff. And it, it, it like gets all my creative juices going with like really low impact. Uh, yeah. I don't have to wake up early or do anything, you know, the hair and the makeup, all of that. Yeah. It's super, super easy. It's the, best. the dream. <laughs> it's the dream. It is like a dream gig. <laughs> like you could like, you could really make your living that way. That would be, you know, a few people do. A very few people do. But very it, few. And it, yeah, it can get long. The the revisions, the like part people hate of anything, right? And so like any creative work. And so like with Central Park, which me and Emmy were both on, and we would, you know, we would talk. We it's not like we would record together, but sometimes we one of us would get you know, a notice to go to a session or something. You're like, are we still, is that still happening? We haven't finished this <laughs> season yet. I and we would open up the episode and be like, I've been in six times for this episode. It's only 20 minutes. What could they possibly, <laughs> you know, but it's because you do the first thing and then they go do animatics and they come back with a more refined script and do that. And then it goes away and it comes back. So like, there is still like everything. There's a, there's, there can be a grind to it, but it's a, it's a way easier, nicer, kinder grind. <laughs> and also generally speaking like people making cartoons are like fun people also people directing cartoons <laughs> are fun people, animators are like pretty fun you know i don't know if you ever hang out at pixar but like those people have like they're having a great know. time 
It's a great. great time. They all got secret bars <laughs> hidden all over the place. Correct. You know, like it's awesome. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have to get Andrew over there at some point. I love Pixar. Yeah. I know. I'm like, when are you hanging out at Pixar? Oh, Thanks a when lot. I, when I was a publicist. All right. <laughs> yeah, fine. Yeah, see? Well, Devine, yeah. we've had you for so long and you are clearly very busy. Thank you so much for sitting yeah. down with us again. I Super really busy in this strike. <laughs> well, you know, you have a lot of things going on in your life right now. So anytime you take time with I'm us. Busy up here. Mm-hmm. As um, always. I'm excited that you, you're talking about working on scripts. I don't know what you're working on right now, but we're excited and maybe you can talk about it or no. I'm, I, I can't really. I'm cooking up <laughs> oh, some no, stuff with my fine. dear friend, Leslie Odom Jr. I can say that much. Oh, shit. Um, okay. Like, very exciting. Cause okay. He's, and he's also on Broadway right now. Uh, in a show called Pearly Victorious that if anyone is listening from New York, go see it. I have not gotten to see it yet. Everyone who has seen it told me he is unbelievable. Also, Kara Young is in it, who was in Boots' show. Um, oh. mm-hmm. And she's incredible. And I hear they're like killing it. And it's a, it's an old comedy, not often produced. And uh, mm. yeah, Leslie and Nicolette, our producers on it, managed to get it to Broadway, which is also just a huge feat. So if you're in New York, go support that. And then like, yeah, me, me and that guy are cooking something up. And me and Rafa are cooking up a thousand things. And Of course. Uh, For the youth. Yes. Yeah. 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 And mostly Emmy's cooking a baby. That's, that's <laughs> Everybody's <laughs> cooking. And now I'm starting. Everyone's cooking something. For some reason, I'm hungry now. Um, well, <laughs> congratulations, seriously, on this next step. I don't know why you're worried about being a father. All you have to do is just show up and you're just special. So you're going to be an incredible father. Yeah, see. Thank you guys. It's always congratulations. Fun. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Too. Let's do it again. Let's do it okay. again soon. When Congrats the clipping on 10 album years. comes out. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Perfect. We should do it with all of it. Let's like have all three of us on there. I don't know. We've never talked to all of us at the same time. They're like way smarter than me. So Okay. I'm down. All Live. Right. Hopefully. Let's do it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Debbie. Take care. Give Love our give our best to Emmy. Yes. Also. We're thinking about you guys. Right. Bye. Thank you guys. Bye. Thanks for joining us on today's show. You can find more information about this episode in our show notes. If you're missing us, you can visit us at bitchtalkpodcast.com to sign up for our newsletter and buy us a cup of coffee. Did you know we're also on the radio? You can find us at bff.fm. And lastly, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. All the cool bitches are doing it. This podcast is a proud member of the bff.fm podcast network. Learn more at podcasts.bff.fm. BFF.fm, best frequencies forever.